I wasn't recording. Thank God. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Hello. All right, take three. <laughs> Episode three of the E-Word podcast. What's up? This is Kyle Hot Dog here, and I'm joined by co-host Ellie. How are you doing, Ellie? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to finally be an official co-host. Yeah, <laughs> you are now promoted. This should be reflected in your next paycheck. <laughs> My yeah. next 50 cents. Yes. Yeah. And we are joined by another special guest here. We've got Mr. Commander Salamander, guitar emoji, Claudio. How are you doing? I'm pretty well. I'm really happy to be on here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, very stoked to have you. Very stoked to have Ellie as well. Uh, Episode three, uh, we're going to be doing some more what we've been listening to. Uh, We have some questions that came to us via Twitter. We have some news. And then we're going to kind of cast our votes for the best of emo 2017 per the best of 2017 uh, voting thread on the subreddit. But yeah, so that's the plan for episode three. Um, any follow-up from episode two? I don't have anything. Besides, um, I like the episode. Yeah, that is probably my favorite episode so far. You can definitely just hear the, the romantic tension between myself and Matt bleeding <laughs> through. I, uh, I have not heard it yet, but I'm very stoked. I love Dorkel, and I would love to be more friends with Matt, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> they, def- they definitely are listening. <laughs> Well, great. Well, we do have some questions submitted by user VC Cassidy. I love them. Love them. One of my favorite people on the sub. Yeah, has been supporting the podcast since episode one came out. But the first question is, will the emo revival slash sparkle punk scene ever launch a massive band like Jim Eats World or Dashboard? Personally, I think Oso Oso has the most potential to be a big crossover breakout artist. Like, Yeah, I, I agree with that. Jade has a lot of really good pop songwriting skills and he's also you know drawing from the same kind of uh songwriting well as jimmy Eat world did and i think you know if the tide ever turns back to uh guitar based music rather than uh electronic music and hip-hop which don't get me wrong i love a lot of the mainstream hip-hop that's going on right now i think that uh i think i think that oso oso has a potential to to be really big especially if jade gets uh signed to a, a bigger label yeah, no, totally. I uh, I agree with that. I, de- I definitely think uh, the Unihon mixtape, in my opinion, my, probably my favorite album that came out this year in emo. Hey, we're not there you. yet. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> bad. Yeah, I wish I had some like actual insight. I just like the music. Yeah, and also maybe uh, maybe Smidley will become the next Bright Eyes. That'd be interesting. I'm not going to lie, I haven't listened to Smidley that much. I know it's a person from Foxing, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's Connor, right? Yeah. yeah, It's pretty good. You know, it's not my personal bag, but I I do think the the songwriting is good, and I could definitely see uh, it getting a a little bit more uh, mainstream appeal. I think a lot of the uh, that like pop punk going acoustic singer songwriter thing could be you know on its way to become something big. Like Aaron West is already pretty big. And, you know, people like Chase Hewlin or Huglin or however the fuck you pronounce his name, that type of thing. I think that I think that could blow up in 2018. But maybe I'm just crazy. Slaughter Beach Dog is taking off really. Right. Really, really yeah, well. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Point. Your cat was totally like the best song the Beatles never wrote. <laughs> uh, I don't really have any big prospects for something like this. I mean, I this... feel like part of it is that Sparkle Punk is very like. How do I put this? Like, it's not always that accessible. You know what I mean? Like, Oso Oso pretty much uh, nailed the like, like not yelling vocals and not anything yeah. too hard to swallow. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think crying too nailed that sound. The chiptune stuff, not everybody was on board with, but I guess this yeah, like eighty synth revival is pretty chill. They their last album uh, had no chiptune on it. They just right. it was like kind of like it was kind of like if like Yes or ELL grew up listening to like Dashboard, and, uh, <laughs> right? And Motion City soundtrack, that sort of thing. Um, for some reason, my mind went to like. I guess this isn't like a like a pop version, like a Jimmy World or Dashboard or something like that. But like Basement are like getting played on like mainstream like active oh, yeah, rock yeah, yeah. stations now. So well, I they guess, got signed to yeah. Fueled, they got signed to Fueled by Ramen. So I feel like they're just kind of the next band to get ruined by Fueled by Ramen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which I and think... venture. This is a little off topic because I'm venturing outside of the field of emo, but like Code Orange were on WWE. Like they're they're, they're... gonna. They're up for a and Grammy. I've, yeah, and I've heard Bleeding in the Blur and Ugly on the radio, and I think that, like, I don't know, it's cool. They could be the next Pantera. <laughs> Hopefully without any, like, white pride politics. Oh, right. No, you don't understand. It was an inside joke about white wine. <laughs> yes. Um, well, the next question is, are there any newer bands playing in the style of Policy of Three or Still Life? This one, I'm. I could not think of anything for. I had like a day to think about it. I cannot speak on this because yeah. I do not listen to either of those bands. Yeah, a poser. Um, <laughs> I've been a. I've been thinking about this since Cassidy asked it. Uh, I think like the closest thing I can think to is that last Ostraka record, but they broke up or they're on hiatus or something. Closest thing that that comes to that sound is like the stuff that's coming out. That's kind of like aping like inhumanity and palatka and or the black and scram stuff i like i don't i don't think that the the really heavy drawn out uh lengthy build up crescendo dynamic songs are really in vogue anymore a lot of people are going more for like the immediacy of like heavy hitting scram songwriting so i don't yeah that's a tough question to answer for sure if anybody's listening please help me out because i thought i was like the most on top of like Graham's queen trademark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, everything that's coming out is very like uh, emo violency. So not, a, not a lot of that uh, real quiet building up to like screaming, crying climax stuff that like still life was doing. Um, and I guess if you want to like talk about like the more uh, emo core, related stuff uh like west point is a really good band that are uh, probably going to gain some traction you know praise uh give stuff like that you know the the like slightly more melodic sound like indian summer and still life are uh real big touchstones that i feel like people uh just kind of know about and aren't really trying to uh to imitate anymore that's my overly long take on that question all right, and we have a question that is just directed towards you. What's Ellie's beef with Frail? Okay, so Frail were uh, a '90s proto screamo band. They were definitely in like the the chaotic hardcore vein of like uh, Iconoclast or Meryl or uh, Heroin or Antioch Arrow to compare them to some of their West Coast peers. But they were from Philadelphia um, or Pittsburgh, one of those two. I think Philadelphia because Don DeVore went on to do Ink and Dagger. And to me, like, I don't, I don't even really dislike them. 
like I listen to them sometimes, but to me, they represent like the apex of every boring cliche of that sound. Like, like everything that made that, that sound unique frail, just kind of took to the nth degree and made it something that was almost laughable. Like if you ever look up a video of them playing, I think you can find some live videos on YouTube. You can see them like doing the whole freak out, fall on the floor, roll around thing that like rent America would become infamous for later. I don't know. It just seems so like melodramatic and cheesy to me looking back on it. Nothing wrong with like melodrama and cheese. Obviously I listen to fucking emo, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just, it's just so ridiculous. They're like everything, everything that people who grew up in the nineties, hardcore scene make fun of is frail. I guess that's my beef with them. They're really easy to make fun of. And as like, ask anyone who knows anything about Screamo, like frail jokes are like bottom of the barrel, super low hanging fruit. <laughs> They're so easy Roasted. to make fun of. Yeah. Where have you publicly uh, threw out your beef with them? The emo history lessons. Uh, I think it was lesson number three. I was talking about how uh, the original emo scene was kind of uh, dying and to be replaced with like the Midwest sound and the, uh, the new screamo sound that like Seisha and you and I were pioneering. Um, and I specifically like, I specifically said, you know, there were some bands, uh, cough, cough, frail that, that were kind of the apex of everything bad about the scene. So that was, that was my beef with them. Sorry, Cassidy. I'm sure you love them, <laughs> but like check out bleed because bleed or everything frail did, but better. Okay. Well, at this point, that brings us to what have you been listening to? Uh, Claudio, you want to go first? Absolutely. I have a list. I'm ready to shout out every friend I have right now. <laughs> I know I'm leaving, I'm leaving out people, but just know if I didn't mention you, I probably still love you. Uh, I'm listening to uh, Branford Park's demos. My good friend Jupe is in that band. Shout out to my boy Jupe. He uh, plays bass in that band. Yeah, it's just really good, like accessible sparkle punk, I guess, for lack of a better word. I know he, he might roast me later for this, but, you know. <laughs> uh, the next thing I'm listening to is uh, Three by Foxtails. Um, oh, shit. The, that record's sick. <gasps> yeah, yeah. It's like mathy, jazzy scrams, for lack of a better... I know I've said that twice now, but I'm really not good with genre descriptors. That's Ellie's thing, not mine. Yeah, really sick. I'm listening to the new Kississippi single, Cut Your Teeth. Really great. I saw her play um, a solo set back last month. And it was just really amazing. Um, Morning Dew's new album, Gulp. It's good, like twinkly scrams, like merchant ships and shit. Really awesome. There are buds in a neighboring scene. Um, listening to No Momentum's uh, I Want to Die on the Beach. It's a great sparkle punk EP and some friends of ours that we're going to be collabing with soon. People like use new album, Verse. It's like some math rock type stuff very jazzy very mathy that's my kind of shit i love it i saw them open for prawn uh, a couple weeks ago it was really awesome that was that top shelf band right yeah 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 it was the top shelf like showcase tour all the bands were amazing but specifically that one stood out to me and the last band i want to shout out is a step brothers album uh it's okay to feel sad sometimes they're honestly really good friends of ours and uh we're also collabing with them soon and uh, I just love their sound. Very like pop punk, sparkle punk, that kind of thing. If you're into it, highly recommend them. And yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Thank you. Sweet. All right. Um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, beat down hardcore. 
uh, stuff like uh, Jesus Peace and Malice at the Palace. You know, that stuff that like really jocks that heavy 90s sound along the lines of like Earth Mover and Disembodied. Um, and probably the best one out of that pack is uh, Back in October, Left Behind, released a record. I forget the name of the fucking album, but it's really goddamn good. It's probably my uh, beatdown record of the year. Just so fucking heavy and slamming. It makes me want to fucking spark up a Marlboro and ride a Harley. Um, <laughs> uh, been listening to some scrams. Uh, I shouted out my buddy Jordan's band Binary. Oh, oh yeah, we played with them. Yeah, the last uh, the last episode I did, he got. They were sorry, they got in touch with me, and they're uh, they're putting out uh, an LP, I believe, uh, earlier next year. So, uh, and they're going on tour, and I'm gonna try and help them set up a show here in Vegas. Uh, they yeah, were awesome, really, by the way. Yeah, really we, great band. We um we played Morning Dew's record release show with them, and I had never heard of them before, but they just really blew me away. The microphone didn't work uh, like halfway through their set, so. Uh, the singer, they went to uh, Rome's dream. Yeah, they, it was so <laughs> sick. I I love them now. Uh, I also have to shout out uh, this really fucking intense emo violence band. They are called uh, Unable to Fully Embrace This Happiness, and they put out an LP back in July called uh, The Morning Sun and the End of the World. And I remember listening to it then and thinking it was sick and then kind of forgetting about it, but I was reminded of it recently. And I went back and listened to it, and it's some of the most fucking apocalyptically heavy shit I've heard in a long time. It was recorded with a webcam and a dictaphone, so it's like the most lo-fi, just in-your-face, angry shit. It makes me want to stick my head in the goddamn oven. It's so bleak and brutal. Uh, please, please check out that band. Uh, Austrian Screamo deserves your support. And aside from that, I've been listening to just a lot of hip-hop, like stuff like Rhapsody and uh, uh, Mikey Blanco and... Shout out to uh, Abso Gorgeous on SoundCloud, making some uh, really good instrumental lo-fi hip-hop. Just that's, that's what I've been listening to. I have not been listening to much in the way of emo. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I've been following that 12 Days of Prince Daddy. I don't know if you guys have been Yeah, that's so sick. That I just watched the one that came out today with uh, Jess from Looming, which yeah. is fantastic. That was my favorite one so far. I think there was something like really cool about just her in a bass. Uh, yeah, that yeah. One. But yeah, that's going on on the counterintuitive YouTube page, I believe. Also, I I think I'm like months late to this band, uh, but I think it's called Maxiel. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. 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 I'm like very late to them apparently because they've kind of blown up, I guess, on the sub and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, that. Oh yeah, they're so sick. Yeah, they're where are they from? New York. I'm okay. probably wrong though. I figured it was like an East Coast thing. But, maybe uh, maybe maybe Boston or something. I don't know where they're from but i know that they uh they play shows with like oso oso and stuff so they have to be like in that general region okay or yeah no i know i think that's the ep that came out earlier this year also checked out a band from the sub called headspell uh they've got an ep called take what you can get i liked it um it was a Corey purvis art ep so i clicked on it because mostly shit that he works with is usually yeah, really fucking good i love his style yeah and then listening to Ozma for the first time, that's basically another oh, yeah. 90s Weezer band. Um, Rock and Roll Part <laughs> 3 has been like my new obsession, so I can't really move on past that uh, for anything music-wise. Have, uh, have you checked out the Super Weeks yet? No. Oh yeah, yeah didn't they do wait. a split with Modern Baseball in their end days? Yeah, with Mo- Mobo and uh, Thin Lips, I believe. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they're really good. They're really good. Very power poppy. Uh, they got some good synth in there. 
yeah, really good, really great band. You should check them out if you dig like Ozma and Roswell Kid and that sort of thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I love Roswell Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like everyone my age, I've been on Brockhampton all all year long. So Saturation Three has been in rotation. I forgot to mention them. Boogie is my fucking jam. I've listened to that song like something like 19 times the past (laughs) like two days. Yeah, I like Saturation oh, Three. Sorry, if I can, if I can slide something in real quick. Uh, sorry, Wristbeat Razor released a, a single like five days ago, and that shit is fucking fire. Like amazing emo violence. If you're a fan of Neil Perry and Jerome's Dream, check that band out. I just got hip to them, and I fucking love their guitar tone. Holy shit! Yeah. The oh most yeah. Crushing shit I've ever heard. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ! So abrasive. Yeah. So. Ugh. Perfect. Yeah, Letters to Catalonia and Islet and Gillian Carter are some other bands, I think, that have that same kind of crushing guitar tone. But Wrist Me Razor, the thing that I find fascinating about them is that they recorded all the all the fucking instruments from that uh from that LP on at different studios and just kind of threw it together later. Oh wow. Like yeah, so it but it sounds super organic, you know, it's really good. All right. Yeah, basically, that's all I've been listening to since 808s and Heartbreaks, because it's winter, <laughs> and that is the Kanye Winter album. Yeah. Well, at this point, we're going to do our song break. And Claudio, you have a new uh, Commander Salamander track to premiere here. Very excited about this one. Yeah, yeah. We uh, submitted this song. It's called Waffle Home. We submitted that uh, to r slash emo rain charity compilation and uh yeah i'm really excited for that to come out uh, a lot of sick bands on there uh thank you so much for premiering it by the way hell yeah stoked and honored to
Wow, Claudio, that was fucking amazing. I hated that song. That band sucks. <laughs> I think you really out, outdid yourself on that one. Thank you. I, I like the part where it was like super twinkly, and then it went to the part where you yelled. Yes, <laughs> that is a thing that happens. <laughs> All right, we're on to the news uh, here. Uh, let's start off with this whole party emo taking over 2018 thing that Ian Cohen put out on Twitter and people kind of like to discuss. Uh, so basically, there's a tweet from Ian Cohen. Based Ian Cohen. <laughs> he says, you know, the arts year fourth wave having run its course, I, f- I feel fairly confident that this party emo wave Remo Drive, P-Daddy, and the Hyena, Mom Jeans, etc. is really going to define 2018. And then it's going to look a lot like this. And he's quoting uh, a Just Friends video on Twitter. Um, so people kind of bantered back and forth about this on the sub. Uh, so uh, how do you feel about this term party emo? Is, isn't it basically sparkle punk? And do you think this is going to be accurate as the new wave of emo? Well, I can actually speak to this because... I am in a sparkle punk band. Correct. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, it's really caught on like fast. Like that style has just very quickly. I don't think there was like a first band to do it, but it's just a trend that is like really hopping along. And uh, it's well, really fun. The first band to do it was probably I Kill Giants. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. They were like either the them, sparkle punk band. Yeah, either them or Dogs on Acid. Right. Yeah, it's really cool that it's being like acknowledged now because for a good while, Sparkle Punk was pretty much shunned from. Uh, <laughs> we were, we were Ellie, Ellie, and I both were pretty much uh, hated by uh, a lot of people for making that. I don't know why it was like an outrage thing. I don't know why that name is any worse than Twinkle Daddies or Scrams or any other stupid emo <laughs> shit. But uh, yeah, we we, I don't know if I want to talk about the, some of the beasts we got in, but. There were quite a few, and uh, I'm glad to see it's being sort of like just accepted and expected. I've kind of taken the opportunity with my band to like market it. Like I, from the get go, I was like, "This is a Sparkle Punk band. We're just doing it." Yeah, it's a Whatever. useful tag. It's a very useful tag, and it's like stupid on purpose, obviously. Yeah, yeah. and it's actually like the Sparkle Punk Bandcamp tag is how I like became friends with a lot of my band friends now. So you know, haters gonna hate whatever. I like it. Yeah. I have a I have a personal beef with Ian Cohen about this okay. tweet. Uh, <laughs> because one, one, he's just saying shit that I said in my State of the Scene address a year ago. And not only that, but I know he knows that I said it because he retweeted my article. <laughs> he, re- he read it and said, this is what I'm excited for, looking forward to, slash scared about coming from emo in the next year and retweeted that article. So he's aware... Second, I tweeted at him, by the way, Party Emo has a codified genre name, and it's Sparkle Punk. And he said, I like this genre name. So Ian Cohen is now officially on board with Sparkle Punk. So yeah, hopefully, Losers. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that's going to be like a phrase he drops in his next Pitchfork review or something. So I don't actually have a beef with Ian Cohen. He's always been very nice to me. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that really changed pace quickly. I have beef with him. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> that's how I that's how I start off all my friendships. I'm like, hey man, <laughs> fuck you. And then I hug them. But yeah, no, I definitely think that twenty seventeen was the year that Sparkle Punk was dominating, but no one wanted to admit that it was Sparkle Punk. And I think in two thousand eighteen it's finally going to become like a 
like an accepted phrase, kind of like how Twinkle Daddies was a joke phrase back in like 2008, and then like 2011, people were using it unironically. Yeah, so. but there are some bands like the bigger bands, Cough Mom Jeans, Cough, who just straight up deny emo now. Like they're just like they. I think even they changed their Twitter bio to like Power Pop or something. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm hoping Graduating Life is the the next band to claim Sparkle Punk. That would make me very happy, but. Something tells me Bart has wants nothing to do with that. <laughs> and plus, uh, Grad Life, I think, is taking a break. But I don't know if that's a meme or not. So. All right. Sparkle Punk 2K18. I'm looking forward to the Sparkle Punk revival of 2025. And the emo revival revival? I think that's already taken place. Yeah, we're already in the e- emo revival revival, I think. I tagged uh, Gross October as emo revival revival on Bandcamp. Yeah, I, I kind of hope Ian writes one of his, like reflective pieces on emo because i think last year he did one for spin that was like about emo entering its green era or whatever yeah i remember yeah that. yeah and a lot of that stuff kind of i don't i don't want to say flopped but he's talking about bands like sinai vessel that really didn't have much of an effect going in any sort of direction but basically yeah sparkle punk took over so maybe he'll write about that yeah i feel like one really underrated sparkle punk band if you could even call them sparkle punk really is uh just friends i think i know ian oh yeah quoted the tweet yeah but like they're honestly the most underrated band in the scene right now hands down so just friends and grad life toured and mom jeans p daddy toured with kississippi and it just so happened that in dc they kind of linked up and played like a five band show and just friends kind of stole the night like they were absolutely they just killed it yeah just friends are tight um they're they're borderline sparkle scott yeah (laughs) That's, that's a good genre can't wait can't wait for them to take over all right let's get into another story here josh cole leaves foxing uh this was the bassist and sometimes lyricist of foxing uh they announced via facebook post uh via foxing's page that uh he was going to be leaving kind of to pursue filmmaking um and he's leaving the band on good terms foxing finished recording their lp3 so he's all there on that pretty big figure in foxing i mean people i mean he's like written a lot of those best lyrics um and he was directing a lot of their like really good videos too like i think he did the one for indica and stuff but yeah so foxing uh or moving on without josh any thoughts on this one yeah i feel like um the main question is what's foxing gonna sound like without him and i think you know i uh i'm a very casual fan of foxing i like the albatross a lot um i like dealer a little bit too but um, when somebody like that, <laughs> I like Dealer a little bit. I mean, no one like, wants to, okay. no one okay. wants to admit that Dealer is a great no, album. No, no, just I dog on like that album a lot, shit. man. If somebody from Foxing is listening to this, please don't hate me. I like you. So yeah, when any like prominent band member leaves a band like that, you've got to wonder what the songwriting process is gonna, how how it's gonna change and what it's gonna evolve into. So I'm really curious to hear what that's gonna sound like post. LP, whatever number this one is coming out is. Um, I think if anything, the songwriting is going to get even more mellow. Um, you know, they've they've already strayed from like the more screamo influenced stuff into more post rock influenced territory anyway. But I feel like it's going to get even more like indie rock oriented. Yeah. Um, I like. I wouldn't be surprised if like you know Connor started fusing a lot more of his Smidley ideas into Foxing as well. And I think that their music videos might take a, a downturn in quality as well. Um, you don't think he, yeah, he, the guy would still like direct their videos even though he left? Yeah, potentially, potentially, because he's he's trying to, to move on to his filmmaking career. That's what he's that's what his right. goal is. 
And like, best of luck to him, man, because filmmaking's a, a hard business to crack into. You know. Oh, I, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I got a. You know, one of my best friends in the world. Uh, shout out to Garrett. Uh, he's going to AFI right now, and he's he. You know, he just got like his uh, thesis film. Like he's working on getting it produced. Um, and it's like like just watching you know the grind get of getting into filmmaking. Like, and especially if you're not like in film school and making those connections, it's really hard. But since you know Josh is like an in via you know, directing music videos and stuff, you know, that's where a lot of filmmakers started off, like Michelle Gondry and Spike Jones, for example, they started off with music mm-hmm. videos. I think he's got a de- decent shot at it. So that's really what I'm concerned about is I hope his film career goes well. Definitely. Any anticipation for LP3? Are you looking forward I'm to it? I'm personally looking forward to it. I, I, you know, I like Foxing and I'm excited to hear their new stuff. Yeah, um, I'm stoked. Uh, uh, about as stoked as as I can be. I kind of just like listen to shit as it comes out. I don't think I've been like super stoked on something to come out in a while. I get stoked after I hear it. <laughs> so Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I feel like there's always such a steady stream of stuff coming out that it's hard to like build up hype anymore. I think, I think Kendrick, I was, that's, that's the last one I was really stoked on was Kendrick. Damn. Yeah. Uh, moving on here. Kississippi science aside one dummy. Uh, she also dropped a track called Cut Your Teeth in conjunction with the announcement of signing Side One Dummy. Um, and this is Side One Dummy coming off of the recent signing of Mom Jeans. I guess my personal observation is that Side One Dummy is watching the internet really closely. Like, I can I mean, like, they, they picked up Roswell Kid, they picked up Mom Jeans, and um, I think their publicist, Jamie, was on a podcast that I listened to and was just talking about all these bands that are basically like emo subreddit darlings <laughs> so are they coming after the scene who knows but that's my theory i mean here. yeah I, like huge congrats to uh zoe for getting for getting signed that's like a really big thing i'm very excited to hear the album that she has in the works i've been a fan for a while now like i said i saw them uh last month play and it was just phenomenal so but on to side one dummy i think i have kind of mixed feelings about uh side one dummy like kind of scooping up all the all the popular bands because like they're i mean in the grand scheme of the scene they're a pretty big label and so like picking them up like that is just like shooting them into like not the mainstream but like mainstream indie at least um yeah and it's kind of taking away from like the diy aspects of it and which i mean is good for their careers but it's like it's less house shows it's less which it's it's really only from a fan standpoint. Like as an artist, there's really no complaints about getting signed to a bigger label. But there's also like DIY labels that could be releasing these. Right, like Counterintuitive, I know, um, is like a huge powerhouse in the in the DIY scene right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jake has really done well for himself in like making this community. Like it's really a community now. Like there's all these bands that are friends because of him, and he's orchestrating all of it. And I just think it's really sick what he's done. It was only like a year ago that he maybe two years that he put out Bay Factions LP as his first release. And I think from like where he is, where he was and where he is now, it's like astounding. And it's just like so cool that he's made a business and made it like not a business, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's really admirable what he's doing in the scene. I mean, you gotta be a little capitalist sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock people for trying to make a fucking living off the thing that they love, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, the side one dummy to me were always the label that loaded up Warp Tour with their bands. And you know, while I'm on the subject, please like offer the Flatliners like three million dollars to get back together, please. Uh, <laughs> miss that band so much. But I think it's 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 really rad that you know bigger labels are paying attention to what the kids these days are into. You know, like for a long time, like these bigger these bigger labels like side one dummy and epitaph like these labels that kind of straddle the line between major label and diy they uh they tend to sign bands that are either tailor-made for the for the mainstream equal vision i throw in this in this pile too they tend to they tend to sign bands that are like either tailor-made for the mainstream or they were already big in diy for years before they signed to uh one of those labels and i think the that they're like you know taking a chance on these young bands and giving them a boost is really a testament to the influence that not just our emo, but the whole DIY scene is like having, like, I think, I think we might be able to like start making a dent in mainstream culture and, you know, the world like one step closer to Oso Oso getting on the radio. But uh, at the same time, I am a little wary of, you know, it's like rants that rancid album and out come the wolves. Like, I don't, I don't want this scene to be looked at as kind of a, a breeding ground for, for bigger labels to like scope on you know yeah, I, don't. I feel like when it gets to that point you're going to lose something in like the quality yeah because then you you just get mm-hmm. all these not there's not that there's not a lot of copy like copycat bands right now but i think uh at some point it gets to a point where you know we're just oversaturated with all these bands trying to be the next mom jeans fucking trying to be the next Mississippi and whatnot and i really hope that you know, that doesn't happen. I hope that this is just like a really happy accident for these bands because I'm happy for them getting signed to big labels. I just don't want it to, to lead to like the same thing that happened to punk in the mid nineties or the same thing that happened to grunge in the early nineties or the same thing that happened to like college rock in the late eighties when the replacements and uh, who screwed you were getting signed to major labels. I, I hope that it's a sign of these bands are really good and really popular and they're getting the recognition they deserve rather than major labels thinking, oh, here's what the next big youth culture movement is going to be, and just glomming onto that. I think specifically with someone like Mom Jeans, like Mom Jeans weren't able to play basements as much as they could have just because the word was out there and shit. So it's like, you're going to have to get a booking. Well, they did end up playing like tons of like house shows, but then word got around, and then those house shows, like 200 people showed up and would get shut down immediately. Right. So it was like yeah, within yeah, the span of like of two months, they went from playing basements with like maybe 10 to 20 kids. And then now they're like cops are showing up to every show because there's so many fucking people. So now, right. now, That's good yeah. Yeah. now I just like when I saw them was at like a pretty medium sized venue in D.C. Like, you know, that's a come up, you know. Right. Well, yeah. Um, let's go on to Pedro the Lion. They are touring in 2018. Uh, this is. David Bazan getting the band back together for the first shows and tour in 11 years. I think they're playing some like New Year's Eve-ish shows. And then they just announced this huge tour for 2018. The closest date to me is legit like eight months from now. It's like the end yeah, of same. August. Um, so I'm, that I'm is all scheduled. I'm very <laughs> excited for this. I'm a pretty big fan of Page of the Lion. Um, Options is a terrific album. You got to wonder... When you look at you know bands doing that thing, cough American football, when uh, they get back together after a long time, you kind of there's something something different, and uh, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see if it's like a good thing. But 
I'm I'm excited, but like I'm I'm setting the bar very very medium. <laughs> yeah, uh, shout out to that kid on the on the sub who nominated Page of the Lions Control for album of the month for every month for like a year. <laughs> I think like I am H G A S that kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I like Page of the Lion. They're probably my second favorite Christian rock band after Creed. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, I do think I do think it's rad that they're getting back together, and I probably will try and see them when they tour. But like Claudio said, I am a little wary of them uh, delving into like this whole you know just reunion bands getting back together and writing songs that are like uh, a shell of their former selves in order to make some cash. Um, capitalize on past success yeah i uh, can't wait for me, me and montauk to do that in five years um <laughs> god damn i'm fucking being real mean today but uh roast them i like page of the lion i'll i'll go see them when they tour they might not even record a new album you know they might they might just be become like a, a little bit of a of a touring outfit for a year or so there which i think would almost be like optimal you know, David David mm-hmm. Bazan is a is a good songwriter. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard any of his solo stuff, but it's really good too. So, you know, there's there's reason to have hope. I was kind of thinking about this. Like, I feel like Peter the Line are kind of underappreciated on the sub. Control is fucking classic. That's like a massive. Yeah, and only really got fucking of, six like... upvotes every time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. I feel I feel like they're underrated on the sub, but in the broader indie rock sphere, they are pretty revered. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, like anyone that's like five years older than me, like talk to you about Peter Lyon. Uh, oh like yeah, like a fucking decade. Anyone, yeah. anyone who was into like further teams forever and Zayo when they were like they are like dusting off their Page of the Lion tattoos right now. <laughs> They're getting stoked. So Page of the Lion getting back together in 2018, a band that's gonna break up in 2018, Balance and Composure. Uh, this was announced on Taylor Madison of Super Heaven. He has a podcast called Strange Nerve. Yeah, yeah. I really recommend it, actually. John from Balance and Composure kind of was like alluding to it and then just like straight up dropped the announcement that uh, Balance and Composure are going to be breaking up in 2018. They're playing some 10th tan- some anniversary shows that are, were announced last week and then they're going to tour in the spring and then I guess they're kaput. Kind of going through like the comments on, on like the sub, people were like kind of half like, well, this would be the time for them to break up and stuff. And then some people were like kind of devastated. Yeah, so. I am. Um, I never super got into balance and composure, but I very like I listened to their last album, kind of like skimmed through it, and I just wasn't a fan. So I don't know. I can't really speak on it, but I guess yeah, people saying, you know, maybe this was the time. Yeah, I was about to say, am I going to get, like, flamed for saying it's about time, you know? Um, no, no. And it's not that I dislike Balance and Composure. I really liked, uh, you know, they split with Tiger's Jaw. And I thought Separation was, like, the perfection of that, like, soft grunge sound. Um, 100%. Yeah, yeah. they, like, uh, they they really, you know, they beat, like, Citizen to the punch by, like, three years. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that whole... Uh, Wow, I can really like hear the flannel coming out of the record. Uh, that sound. Wow, Ellie's roasting everybody today, not holding back at all. Yeah, they even like. I think they even beat Title Fight out by a year or so. Um, Did they? Yeah, because uh, Hyperview, Hyperview, I guess, was yeah. 2012. Head, yeah, Head in the Ceiling fan and stuff was like 2012, and 
separation was 2011. So, you know, credit where credit's due for them being like ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. But their last couple of records I thought were like, uh, what's the what's the word for it? Like, uh, like butt rock pop punk kind of. <laughs> so, I mean, and nothing, nothing. It's not a knock against them because I, yeah, this is embarrassing to admit, but I like it when bands incorporate butt rock influence well. Like I think like uh, Cruel Hand does it very well in the hardcore sphere, and as far and like Daylight does it pretty well in more of the pop punk realm. But yeah, I, it's like it's about time. I don't think they have too many more good records that that are coming out of them. And I, wasn't Ian Cohen? I think he tweeted something like, "Can't wait to see what Composure's solo material is going to sound like." Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, each of the four members to release respectively their uh, their Americana folk, their uh, acoustic singer songwriter, and their uh, emo trap projects after this comes out. I did make a point to mention that John uh, he has an emo trap thing with like a phase called Coward. I don't know if anyone's heard that. Yeah, I have uh, because I'm probably the biggest emo trap nerd on the sub. Yeah, no, it's really it's really good. I, it's really good, I think. Like surprisingly good, because there's some, there's some real fucking trash emo trap coming out now. Like after Little Peep died, everyone was like, "Oh shit, there's an opening." Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are trying to, to capitalize on that sound. But no, it was really good. You know, I'd uh, I'd listen to it while studying. This isn't really to like this isn't in reference to uh, the the project you mentioned, but emo trap is just one of those things that I want to like more than I actually do. Like, I don't know, there's just something about it that, like... Like, I like some Lil Peep songs, Rip Lil Peep, but uh, outside of Lil Peep, I, I couldn't name a single emo trap artist. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I... And you know this about about me, Claudia. We've had, like, conversations about it. Like, I was fucking... And, and obviously, the last podcast, I talked about it with Matt at length, that I was really devastated when Lil Peep died. Um, yeah. I think that I fucking hit adored him. Because uh, he was super young. Yeah. But, uh... Emo, emo trap like as a as a genre i've been following it for like two or three years like i was aware of bones i guess but i didn't think of him as emo trap i thought of him as like his own kind of like uh really dark cloud rap thing overall overall i think that the the genre reached its saturation point so for someone to like come out and really like say oh hey emo trap's really interesting they're going to have to be someone as you know, innovative and charismatic as Little Peep. And I don't foresee that happening anytime super soon. Right now, everyone's kind of resting on the laurels of like, you know, the past big names like Baron and Ghost Mane and stuff like that. So, yeah. Not to like draw like the whole talk here, but like I have such a hard time hearing if like a track is like actually good or bad. (laughs) I don't know why, but it's just like, I'm like, is this good or is this bad or like, I mean, like, I haven't developed, like, my own, like, taste in emo trap at all. I feel like that's, like, really hard. Yeah, I get that. I have um, that, too. I find that that's actually a real big problem with all these SoundCloud Lucy artists in general. It's really hard to be, it's really hard to think, like, did I like this or am I just, like, vibing with it because it's in my playlist, you know? Um, yeah. But I think I think the the big difference for me is that there are artists I come back to all the time, like... Wicca phase obviously and nothing nowhere and horsehead like those are artists i come back to repeatedly uh little tracy little aaron little lotus uh but what's up with little in every emo trap name well like, little I, I know it's not just an emo trap thing but it's like i guess hip-hop culture in general 
I don't know what that yeah. is about. I feel like you would want to make a name that's like everybody else doesn't use it. <laughs> My original joke answer was going to be that all these kids grew up watching Little Romeo all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, yeah, I. It's just a hip hop naming convention, you know. Yeah. I, I'm not going to read too deep into it. Little Peep was different because he based his name off of like being called Little Bo Peep by right. his mom. Yeah, that was his actual oh, like right. nickname. But like fucking little pump and whatnot um <laughs> what are you guys talking about gucci gang gucci gang gucci gang um yeah i yeah it's just a it's just a hip-hop naming convention don't read too deeply into it all right here one more story and then we'll get into the best of email 2017 so we're gonna address this whole mom jeans ripping off uh modern baseball gate that's going on right now oh i'm so um, excited to talk about this the crazy the crazy thing about the story is that we fucking didn't the sub already have this conversation months ago yes it was actually like a year ago that i that i at least uh found these i'm not going to give away any names of who gave them to me because apparently it's like illegal to give them out (laughs) no like you're on like i'm on like a mom jeans blacklist now but um for multiple reasons high five (laughs) so for anybody who doesn't know uh mom jeans first ep it was a self-titled EP, and at least, well, I know all of them stole parts from different songs, but specifically, like, three or four songs were just complete modern baseball instrumentals and Eric singing over them. Like, just very little, like, they didn't do anything to change it. Which, yeah, and they were, they were ripping off Front Bottoms lyrics, too, weren't right. they? Yeah, the, the, other, the other two were Front Bottoms, like, pieces of different Front Bottoms songs, almost like a medley, but um, when I first found them, I thought it was just kind of funny. Like, like I didn't really think any less of them of it i more thought less of them because they were getting really rude with fans about when they found it like they want to like deny it ever exists which i kind of get but they were just very abrasive about it which i felt like really wasn't necessary because i felt feel like it was mostly in good fun like nobody was i mean other than uh brendan lukens who had a problem with it and he didn't even say anything until uh this week but and i think i think that is why the story's blown up is because yeah. brendan's acknowledged yeah. it yeah yeah right and nobody knew modern baseball even knew about it or had a problem with it but um i feel like nobody really cared until uh modern baseball or you know brendan gave uh his side of it and everybody was like oh yeah i guess that was kind of a dick move but i think with that being said uh it's being super blown out of proportion right now you know i feel like they they didn't really make money off of it you know even though some people may think they did nobody knew mom jeans when they put that out like it was on Bandcamp. They took it down. Maybe like two people had bought it. Maybe 25 people had downloaded it total. Um, I know that for a fact. Somebody I, somebody in good confidence told me that. So, you know, it didn't make them famous. Um, if anything, they thought it was holding them back from getting anywhere. So that's why they took them down. And that's why they don't recognize it. I don't think it's something worth like canceling this band over. Um, nobody really had a problem with it when McCafferty did it with Front Bottom songs. And McCafferty was even more blatant uh... than... Uh, than um, mom jeans because they uh, McCafferty's still making money on those songs and McCafferty especially um, has called fans slurs and been very very hostile towards anybody who compares them to the front bottoms so I, I think you could just put it in perspective and see it's not I think it should be dealt with between the bands and I don't really think it's worth all this uh, hoopla that everybody's making it out to be that's just my two cents I I would agree with this if it weren't for the fact that there's a buds, I think under Death Cup, that is uh, a direct 
ripoff of Two Beers End by Free Throw. Mm, I've heard that too. I don't hear that personally. Like when I listen to the song, I've heard that comparison made before. I honestly, it's kind of a similar, uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of similar, but it's not as much of a ripoff as the modern baseball ones. So I feel like that's not really <clears throat> worthy of anything. At least um, that reminds me, Sorority Noise did this. It, it came out in the thread um, yeah. about Mom Jean's modern baseball thing that uh, Sorority Noise stole the melody and the like the guitar riff for using from a Donovan Wolfington song that came out in 2011. So it was like we know that it wasn't it wasn't an accident because Old Gray was on the compilation that that song was released on. So like there's no way Cam didn't hear it. Right. So yeah, and and Sorority Noise has made a lot of money. I think somebody did the math in that thread and they've made like their portion, not counting what Top Shelf took. They made like thirteen thousand dollars off that song in spot what? just in Spotify streams. And they, I know that they're not sending Donovan Wolfington checks for that song. So you just got to think about. <laughs> Like, and then, like, Top Shelf was in the comments talking about how it, there's, like, there's an understanding of it. Right. Um, yeah. So, when I think of, when I think about bands ripping off bands, I, I, I'm one of those people who uses the word ripping off really casually. Like, I describe Norma Jean as a botch ripoff, you know, stuff like I that. Use it too. Like, yeah, you're not alone in that. Yeah, like I don't, I don't even think of it as like an insult or a pejorative. It's just like it's a fact. These band, this band was really heavily influenced by this band, and this is how you know this uh, this genre is developing. But uh, when it comes to like stuff like directly stealing uh, riffs and vocal melodies, there's a really thin line between like parallel thinking and outright stealing. And you know, I'm a huge comedy nerd, and so this is a thing that is really uh really heavily discussed in like stand-up and sketch comedy as well like yeah like amy par- schumer yeah whether it's parallel thinking or direct stealing uh i think in mom jean's case uh probably you know the free throw rip was like parallel thinking or like yeah. or like unintentionally absorbing it um whereas Where the, the modern, modern baseball, baseball stuff was deliberate it was very right. deliberate mm-hmm. um I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna all of a sudden condemn the band for it because they do seem very, very ashamed yeah. of having done this. Uh, uh, but I also wish that they would just admit it and apologize rather than playing this game like, oh, oh the, the, this is, we're fucking Stalinizing, burning the history books on it. Um, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, it's been like what five days since Brent tweeted that, and just nothing from modern baseball or from right. mom jeans. Yeah, this is my main issue with everything. If you did something wrong and you're getting called out on it, don't pretend it didn't fucking happen. Just apologize right. uh, or make some not, bullshit excuse. Like it's not like they can deny that that the, they're not you know ripoffs. Yeah, like the only way it's, to come forward so is to just like, yeah. Like, just say, hey, we were dumb kids. We didn't know how to write a song yet, and we really looked up to modern baseball, so this is what we did. And I think you that's know? the understanding, but they haven't officially said that, so it's still kind of like, yeah. what the fuck, you know? I don't know. That's the thing I'm losing respect for them on, not not the actual ripping off themselves. Or sorry, not the actual ripped off songs themselves, because they don't play them anymore, and they don't make money off. If they were, I would have lost respect for them. Like, I immediately lost respect for Sorority Noise after you just said that. The thing I'm losing respect for is the refusal to acknowledge it and take accountability. I think the difference between this and like McCaffrey thing is like McCaffrey has like a bullshit excuse and then they yeah. continue to profit off of it. I mean, yeah. Well, like fuck McCaffrey just in general. Like right. that dude's a horrible person. Like, and like, I, I, actually... I was really, really, 
I was really upset when I saw that that EP they did. Well, it was a couple months ago, right? It was like early 2017. Um, yeah. It was getting like a lot of hype in the sub, and I still see people like nominating it for like album of the month or even the best of thread this year. Um, and like that's like that's like fucking offensive to me to my core. Like, how can you support this person who's just like openly called fans like the F sort of like? Uh, I mean, I know I'm getting a little off topic, but like uh, the official the official REMO position is f- like fuck McCaffrey. I just want to say that right now. I'm I'm a mod of Arimo, and if like I'm not gonna remove your post if you if you post McCaffrey, but if you defend McCaffrey, fuck you. Yeah, I I agree. I uh, I don't support them at all. All right. Well, we've officially made it to the final segment here. All Best right. Of Emo 2017. So this is going on the sub as well. Is this like a yearly tradition thing? Like, has this been going on for like more than a couple of years? Uh, uh, third year that we've been doing it. We've been doing it, but I think last year was the first year that it was like like a codified thing with all these categories and stuff. So okay. this is it's an it's a relatively new tradition, but it is a tradition. Cool. Yeah. So basically, what we're gonna do is just cast our votes live on the air. I, I don't know. I didn't want to do like a whole best of year show because I mean I can't. We can't yeah, have like seventeen people yeah. on the show to do it. I, yeah. Oh. I just said so let's go. Let's go through each and every category. Let's fucking do it. I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. Let's round robin this one. Uh. So we'll start from the bottom. Why not? Best non emo song of 2017. Um, I'll rattle mine off here. I would go Pile, Rope's Length, from their new album, A Hair Shirt of Purpose. Um, I'm going to go with uh, DNA by Kendrick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, I only listen to emo, so I can't answer this. <laughs> 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 um, no, but actually, huh? this is a tough one. No, yeah, skip me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, uh, like... I'll I'll throw in another one just for funsies. Uh, yeah, right by Vince Staples. Oh yeah, Vince Staples had a good year. Oh fuck yeah, and he is the king of hip hop Twitter right now. Like he <laughs> he fucking swiped that crown from Tyler so hard. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got I got one. It's a uh, it's Paramore's Hard Times. That was probably the non emo bop of the year. Uh, can I change my answer? Uh, <laughs> well, because here's the thing. Here's the, I did my Spotify 2017 Wrapped, and apparently Hard Times is like my most played song by an enormous margin. <laughs> damn like i've listened to that song literally 300 times this year it's a good song it's a, a nice little song it speaks, album. It's it speaks to album. my mis- it speaks to like my miserable regret core soul <laughs> <laughs> okay best non-emo album i'm gonna throw to meat wave meat wave the incessant uh side one dummy they did a really good thing this year with that album that album's fucking great I'm either going to go with the Left Behind record, uh, the Paramore record, which was just solid all the way through, or uh, Flower Boy by Tyler, the Creator. Yeah, I got to give mine to the uh, the Paramore record. That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, really oh shit. God those. damn it. Converge. Converge put out an amazing record this year. And I, I don't know why I keep forgetting about them, because I've listened to that album something like 20 times. Either Converge or Paramore. Best non-emo artist. Um, I'm going to throw to Brockhampton. Because they dominated this year. Yeah, I'll go in for Brockhampton. Cool, plus one. Yeah. I'm going to say Remo Drive. And I know that's going to piss a lot of people off because they're like, rah, Remo's emo. But like, dude, they're pop-up. Don't, don't, don't do this. Yeah. I mean, they're, the, they're kind of in the scene, but they're, they're kind of on their way out of DIY. So I, I feel more comfortable saying they're not very emo. 
Yeah, Remo Drive released yeah. my favorite Super Chunk album of the year. <laughs> Jeez. That's, that's another band that blew up within like a month, and then they were playing basements to like clubs. So Super Chunk? No, Remo Drive. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, Claudio, you're not... I, I born before... <laughs> <laughs> yeah no remo drive and mom jeans had a similar come up like train like they just went from like small band to very very hype in a very short amount of time all right where are we at best uh our emo mod uh, i mean uh, i gotta i gotta, say, I gotta well, give it to ellie i gotta give it to her yeah you guys don't have to say that just because i'm here no like, i would say everyone because i pitched this to the mods and the mods were like yeah it's cool so that but also i mean ellie you you really like put your foot down on all this shit that needed to have a foot put down on it thanks um yep i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for either kage or rad bones one of those two rad bones uh, and kage are also friends of mine you know yeah shout out to both of them uh I'm not, rad dissing, bones. I'm not i'm not dissing any of them by not voting for them i'm just saying Ellie's my favorite. Aw. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I specifically, I think I'm going to go with Radbones because he's done the most uh, damage control <laughs> that I've seen. Like, he's, he's, he's done damage control for Fredo Disco. He's reached out to Nervous Dater after, the, after that whole fiasco and, like, talked oh. to them personally face-to-face. Cool. Yeah. That was such a fiasco. A, yeah. Um, Wasn't that involving like a mod that said that they shouldn't belong here? That, that was, was uh, the first part. Yeah, there was. There's been a couple shitstorms with Nervous Dater this year. I feel but, so uh, bad for Nervous Dater, man. They have not had good luck too. on the sub. Yeah, I feel really bad for Nervous Dater. I love Rachel, super super sweet person. But uh, I I don't think Good Mole Man to you should have been as crucified like as hard as he was. I don't think he was deliberately being like misogynist like oh this band has girl vocals so they're not so they're yeah. not emo but you know i i completely understand like why people were upset and it was just a real it was a real bad time for the sub yeah mole man almost left right or did he actually leave no he didn't leave but he did say that he was considering stepping down as a mod he, he, it shouldn't have gotten to that point but i feel like it did kind of like show that the subs uh how do i put this like the like it should be more inclusive you know like it shouldn't be this like finite thing of like oh this band's emo or oh this band isn't emo like it's it's all the same scene i feel like it's pretty obvious to see what's what's in the scene what's not in the scene so you know yeah, that was yeah. my take on it back then and i stand by it and on a good moment to you has redeemed himself in my eyes because in a lot of the uh abuse allegation threads he's been like one of the few voices of reason and one of the few people who is like really tamping down on shitheads so yeah i him. i i back him all right well best r slash emo post i think mine would have to be the truth about lou diamond why you should not support fail better heal faster i think that was an incredibly important a post that like goes beyond the sub it's pure like investigation journalism too so uh, shout out to both of you for putting that together, right? I really appreciate that. That's uh, yeah. really kind words. I uh, no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not being humble. It was just. It was really just like a responsibility thing. Like I couldn't just let that slide. I'm. I'm glad it got the reception it did because I remember talking to Ellie and being like, "This could get us both blacklisted from the sub. It's going to implode." Like we didn't know what was going to happen. So I'm just glad that everything, you know, the sub, you know, saw it for what it was and. 
there was there was a lot of shitheads in that thread, but I feel like the damage control, like it it, it got through, and we just got overwhelming support from even outside of Reddit. Like it was being shared everywhere, and uh, right, like it, it even got shared by Ruben Polo and uh, uh, Brock Benzel um, of Panucci's Pizza. So. You know, yeah, it was really validating to see that, like, what we were doing, like, was making a difference and getting, you know, read outside of our tiny little subreddit. But yeah, not to not to take the spotlight or anything. I mean, and I I owe Elia a lot for that, by the way. Uh, I would not have been able to do that on my own. She absolutely just was there for me the entire time because it was really like like a grieving process for me. Like, I didn't know how to take it. Like, my idol was being like destroyed in my eyes and. I, I owe her a lot, you know. Thank you, Ellie. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that post was huge for me. For both of us, obviously, and for the sub. And I think it's the most viewed post on the sub of all time. And, like, what I remember specifically is that the sheer anxiety of of writing that post was almost, like, crushing. Like, yeah. And like you said, it was definitely a responsibility thing. Like, you know, I know you felt like you had your own personal responsibility in, in the situation. Felt like I had my own personal responsibility in the situation for being a mod of a sub that basically like it is the reason that, you know, Jank was popular. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was a huge, it was, it was, it was a huge undertaking, but I'm really glad that we did it and got the truth out there. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my vote for the, for the best post as well. Honestly, like, not for like selfish reasons, but because I think that it did a, an amazing thing in uh, exposing what was going on and making sure that, you know, this person that we kind of just made excuses for wasn't being made excuses for anymore. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm since we already put the spotlight on that post, I'm going to take my vote as an opportunity to put the light on the uh, official our emo compilation album for the benefit of rain and victim of abuse. I think that's a really important thing. And uh, I'm really happy that, you know, we as a community are giving back in that sense. And I'm really, really happy to be a part of it. And shout out to the uh, the person who's organizing it, uh, user uh, Scoojaster. I don't know how to pronounce that, but you're doing a really good oh, thing. And I you last episode too, that we didn't know how to yeah. pronounce their name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 what my vote's going to because that was a really great thing that we as a community are coming together to do. A lot of there are really... bands on it. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really good community stuff coming out of the subreddit this year, so I'm happy about that. It's more than memes this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the meme, the memes have taken a serious turn. <laughs> um, next up is best emo song. Mine. I'm just gonna jump on the hype train. Uh, Prince and the Hyena, Thrashville, two of three, um, featuring Kississippi. I just really like the whole juxtaposition of like Zoe's like pretty vocals and Corey's just like all-time torn up like throaty vocals on that and just the obvious like songs of the black hole vibes yeah so yeah i can't get enough of that song i'm gonna go with uh see space cowboy atrocities from a storybook perspective it's probably my my favorite scram song period of the year shout out shout out to see space cowboy shout out to jesse and connie in particular who are great people yeah i love that band yeah you have a you have a see space cowboy copycat band in the works don't you Oh yeah, I wasn't going to talk about that, but I guess I am now. Yeah, me. So Commander Salamander uh, is doing a side project very soon. Uh, it's like an emo violence, like sassy, scramsy kind of thing. Yeah, it's not really uh, definite yet. I mean, we're writing stuff, and it's pretty chill. 
but it's uh i don't really have a lot of experience with scrams i don't frequently listen to scrams i'm getting into it lately but yeah we just wanted to do something different so it's going to be me on bass and vocals um fernando on guitar uh, liam on drums of course and we're adding a guitarist so yeah that's going to be chill not to not to de- derail from this but uh yeah <laughs> i guess i guess uh, my my vote for best emo song of the year goes for uh graduating life cold raviolis um i feel like that song is like the quintessential diy song like it's just about living the life of being diy and sleeping on people's floors and eating cold raviolis at the show and uh yeah it's not all that you know emo but what even is emo who cares well i mean let me pull up the stuff real quick and just start reading from the sidebar uh don't worry i can read your blogs um all right we're good to go on to best emo band to break up in 2017 mine's gonna go to donovan wolfington which i know they're putting out like an album next year it's kind of like posthumous but r.i.p donovan wolfington definitely one of my favorite of those like very poppy like hook hook crazy emo bands yeah um uh you might you might even venture to call them sparkle punk um yeah yeah. i never thought to to do that because they were kind of pre-sparkle punk or pre-term yeah i mean yeah i i listed them as a sparkle punk band in my og article i'm gonna have to go with donovan wolfington too like they're a really fucking great band great songwriters great people too I uh, I would say modern baseball, but technically it's a hiatus, so it's it's not it's not really a breakup. Um, so if I had to pick another one, if I'm not saying modern baseball, it would probably be You Blew It because they were one of the last Twinkle bands around that were like staying in the emo box, which I guess is a good and bad thing from depending on how you look at it. But it was just sad to see them go, and then Tanner just go off on emo and say that the emo box is the reason that they they never got anywhere and that they never, which is pretty uh, pretty controversial and we could launch into that but i don't really feel like it they were just a good band and it's a shame they broke up yeah yeah all right what do we got here uh best new emo artist not because you're here but i would definitely throw in my vote for commander salamander that's what i upvoted on the website as well oh thank you i love gross october been playing it basically since it came out i appreciate that so much thank you of course it's so weird to be looked at in the same like thread as like our actual like favorite bands like it's just so so weird that now we're like oh i guess we're artists now and not just fans so it's really it's a really unique experience and i i love being a part of this community yeah that's called diy Uh, yeah (laughs) you know it's uh i'm gonna i'm also gonna throw on my vote for commander salamander uh as as i no like as i said when i fucking premiered your ep i i think it's like it's fucking stellar like it's for for a band that like just came out your guys's production and songwriting is already really really polished so i think that you know we have a lot of of uh good things to look forward to coming from your band so much yeah that means so much to hear that i really appreciate that yeah, well, fuck you. I heard Commander Salamander. Just <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of fucking sparkle punk fanboys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's us. And I heard their bassist is a fucking skinhead. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Fernando. I love that guy. He's a good fella. He's not too too involved in the emo community, but he's he's a hardcore guy. 
So I know you yeah. keep it out really well now. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel a lot of kinship with him. Like the this is getting into like tea territory, but yeah, like I talked to I talked to Fernando and just another DIY connection I've made throughout the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was your vote, Claudio? My vote for best what? new emo artist. Uh yeah, the Salamander. <laughs> no, nah. no, nah, I'm not voting for myself. I'm not that conceited. This is a tough one because there's so many to pick from. You know, like so many bands put out debuts this year. I guess some um, mom jeans. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'd have to give my vote to uh, Step Brother. I know they didn't, they didn't, they haven't been mentioned in the fret thread yet, but they're probably my favorite like new like sparkle punk emo band. They're definitely some pals of mine, and I'd love to see where they go in the in the future. Dope. All right, we've gotten to best emo album. Um, my vote is gonna go to Oliver Houston with whatever works. I think that came out in like January, and I basically played it like five times a month since it came out. That's my second place. My first place is the Unihon mixtape by Oso Oso. That's an album that I've listened to and then forgotten about, and then come back, and it's like twice as good as the first time. Like it's just, <laughs> it's one of those albums that I can listen to whatever mood I'm in. You know, it's just such a such a like you know fun kind of thing it's just so it's like every song is is its own anthem it's just yeah it's so great i, I love to see also like we were talking about earlier callback uh also get picked up by a big label and thrusted into the mainstream i'm gonna go with uh ostraka last which is just uh <clears throat> as far as screamo goes it's really hard to write stuff that sounds original and fresh while also you know, keeping that like melodramatic, intense streak that makes things screamo. And I think that throughout their entire career, Ostraka has managed to balance those things marvelously. And I think that, you know, if, if this is like their final LP, for sure, for sure, I can't imagine like a better send off than that. You know, it's a fantastic record. Um, and then the final one here is Emo Artist of the Year. Honestly, I didn't put anything down right now. Um, so if anyone wants to buy my vote, get in touch. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, kind of like starting at the top, like a lot of these bigger bands like didn't put out albums. I was like incredibly stoked on. Like, I just don't feel comfortable saying this is my favorite e- emo artist of the year because I don't think anyone. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't totally want to like throw it away to someone that like I don't fully feel like it. So yeah, yeah. I guess mine would have to be graduating life because. Bart's seriously been on that DIY grind like the whole year. And I know that they have DIY experience in like uh, Meet Me in Montauk and shit. But um, specifically with Graduating Life, they're just, he's always just doing something. And it's that album, uh, uh, An Introduction to Rock and Roll, was a great album. And uh, shout out to Bart. It was some good shit. He deserves album of the, beat, album of the year or artist of the year. Fuck. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast my vote for Nervous Dater. Not just because they put out like one of the top to bottom most consistent albums of the year, but because I think that they've managed to have pretty big impact on the scene in a pretty short amount of time. I I really respect them like as artists and as people. So I'm go- I'm gonna go with Nervous Dater. I really admire that band. Word. All right, we made it through everything we had on the rundown. I think that's- amazing. That's the second time. Yeah, we've done it two out of four times. Good job, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, again, thank you so much for having me. This was a great time. Very glad to be on here. Thank you so much for premiering our new song, uh, Waffle Home. Catch it on uh, 
the our emo uh, rain benefit compilation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate yeah. having like really. members of the community participating. You know, absolutely. This would be the second time in a row that we've had like an actual artist in the scene as a guest on our podcast, and I think that adds a different uh, dynamic than if it was just like me and Kyle like bullshitting about our opinions. You know, like yeah. I, I, I think it's cool to have like the perspective of people who are actually making music in the scene. So yeah, thanks for coming on, Claudio. You're one of my best friends. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Aww. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Is someone trying to censor you? You really, I think you've really aroused that car. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just want to throw in our plugs for social media and all that stuff. Um, you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the e word podcast our email is the e word pod at gmail.com make sure you are subscribing on itunes if if uh you are listening so you can get to those episodes uh, as soon as they hit the feeds and um if you want to review us on itunes that's not just like a bullshit things a thing that like podcasts say that actually helps out a lot with like visibility um comes up in recommendations based on shows that you like and all that stuff so if you want to drop a review even if it's negative i think it still pops up more so that helps and yeah uh you can follow me on instagram at nothing feels gucci Ellie, where can people find you between shows? Yeah, I got a, I got three things I wanna, I wanna mention real quick before we sign off. Number one, uh, all my social media plugs. Follow me on Twitter at you don't need maps. It's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Or uh, on Reddit as you sarcastosaurus. You know, read my, read my posts. Read my blog. You don't need maps.wordpress.com. Follow me on Tumblr. It's you don't need maps. All that stuff. Um, number two. This was uh, my first episode as an official co-host. Thank you, Kyle, for the for the trust and promotion and and that. And uh, I hope I'm doing a good job, and will continue to do a good job. And uh, three, uh, it's an official announcement of me and Claudio are actually doing a uh, a collaborative project uh, called Push Down and Turn. It's going to be like a a lo-fi type thing. Uh, he's doing. Uh, instrumentals and I will be doing uh, lyrics and vocals so keep your eyes peeled for that in 2018 yeah awesome and uh, that's it yeah and uh, as for my social media shit uh, you can find me at uh, user sheep with shovels no I'm just kidding (laughs) Um, (laughs) no um, I'm the guitar underscore emoji on pretty much everything that's like my brand I'm kind of like an internet guru of sorts (laughs) <laughs> no i'm not um uh and yeah you can follow my band at cdr salamander on instagram and cdr salamander va on twitter look up my band commander salamander on all the major music streaming services thanks to happy dog records go pick up some physical shit from happy dog records shout out to my boy sawyer for hooking all that up uh yeah that's that's where i'm at all right and uh if this comes out before christmas and new year's i hope you have a nice holiday and a happy new year and hope you're Uh, emo resolutions come true in 2018 awesome see you guys thanks for listening